Take your Bibles this morning and turn to the New Testament book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. As soon as you find Hebrews 12, let's all stand together. Folks are a little slow this morning. <laughs> How many of you enjoyed yesterday? Wasn't that nice yesterday? I think that was the last 80 degree day you're going to see around, around Auburn, New York. But uh, boy, I'll tell you what, I appreciated that day. God gave us a beautiful one. We're going to have a good one today too. A little bit cooler, but still a pretty day. All right, Hebrews chapter 12. Look with me just at the first two verses and we'll pray and get right into the message. Wherefore, seeing we also are, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we're so thankful for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to meet together. Lord, you, you've told us, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And we're thankful for each one that's here. We're thankful for the, just for the freedom and for the ability that we have to attend church. We pray, Lord, that we, you would give us ears to hear this morning the word of God. Open our ears, open our heart, open our spiritual eyes. Help us to see things from your word. And Lord, as, as you speak to our hearts, may we respond and respond properly and agreeably with our God. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. You may be seated. This verse uh, starts with the word wherefore. Uh, when, whenever there's a wherefore, you ought to look for what the wherefore is there for, because it is, it is looking backwards. It's saying, based upon what I've just told you, wherefore, seeing we are, are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Well, he just spent chapter 11 uh, telling us about, about faith and then giving us example after example after example after example of how men and women trusted God and how God saw them through in their personal lives. And, and now he's saying, wherefore, seeing we are, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So what I want to look at this, this morning is the race that God has set before us. Uh, what, is, what is the race? Well, the race is, is your, your work for God, your service, your life for Him. He's speaking here to save people. He's not talking to people in general. He's talking to save people. He's talking to folks that have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior by faith. They have, they have believed on Christ. They've realized they're a sinner on their way to hell. And they cried out to mercy for mercy to God. And God saved them based upon the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, when, when you do that, when you trust Christ as your Savior and you get born again, then the Bible says we're put into a race. 
And, and that race is our life uh, to, be, to be led for Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we, need to, we need to look at ourselves and say, what, how am I doing in the race that God has, has given to me? If you notice, it says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, all of us have the same race in the respect that all of us are supposed to be living for God. We're supposed to be putting God first. We're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our hearts and all our minds and all our soul and all our strength. We ought to love our neighbor as ourselves. Uh, we're supposed to do those things. But the truth of the matter is, each race is individually different. You've got different obstacles. You've got different things in your way. You've got different ways to go. Uh, but we're all in a race. And that race is, is, is set for God. And not only is, are, are, the, are the races, are the courses different, but people are at different stages of the race. Someone who, who has been saved for 50, 60 years is not at the same stage in the race as someone who's 20 years old. One of the things that I, I get absolutely excited about is when, when I see people in it for the long haul. And they've 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 you know they've they've stayed faithful their whole life. Just this uh, this last this last well today I guess uh, the Napa and Noahs up in Parishville are celebrating the 200th anniversary of their church. I don't know if you realize just how phenomenal that is, but for a church after 200 years to still be faithfully preaching the gospel, and I know they are because I know Brother Napoanoa, uh, I know they're preaching the gospel. What a blessing that is. That's a thrill. Now, the reason why this is so important is, 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 is because uh, all of us have been set on a, on a race and we're to, we're to run the race faithfully for the whole duration of the race not just for some of it. Uh, keep your finger here and back up a little bit. Just a, a few books. Back to, to, the, uh, to the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy. And in 2 Timothy, look with me in verses, uh, chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Paul's speaking, and this is, this is the last letter that Paul wrote. And he said this, For I have... I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. In other words, he's about to have his life ended. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. He didn't finish somebody else's course. He finished his own course. God gave him something specifically to do, and, and, and he, he got the job done. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but, but uh, unto all them uh, also that love his appearing. Uh, Paul said that at the end, end of his life. He says, I've, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Uh, there, are, there are some essential things that need to be in our lives so that we can properly run the race. And we find these four things in these two verses. The first one that we find is in verse 1. Verse 1 
says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The first thing that's essential for running the race is patience. Our race in life is not a marathon. It's not a, I mean, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not a 50-yard dash. It's a, it's a long-haul race. And, and the, the greatest need that we have from the beginning to the end is to have faith and to, to look to God. We were singing that song here this morning, trusting, trusting the Lord, trusting Jesus. Uh, that is all. It's so important that we have faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ because it is a marathon. If, if patience is involved, then you all, all already know, if you've been saved for very long, you know what else is involved. That's troubles, difficulties, trials. The Bible says uh, the trying of your faith. James 1 says the trying of your faith worketh patience. And the way that we learn patience, the way we get patience, is, is by going through difficulties and going through trials. And the race is not going to be without pitfalls. The race is not going to be without difficulties. But we need to, to not let those things stop us. We need to be patient and we need to continue on as, as God would have us to go. Take your, take your Bibles, again, keep your finger here. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. We often, whenever we talk about patience, I think one of the first things that usually comes up are trials and problems and difficulties. But what we forget is that, I think, is that there are some foundation stones that need to be laid in our life so that our patience can develop, so that our patience can grow. And we see that in, in uh, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. Look with me down in verse 5. It says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Now these are not only qualities that uh, we need to have in our lives, but they're qualities that uh, will be developed in our lives in that order. He says, add to your faith virtue. And then he says, add to you virtue, knowledge. We've talked about this before, how that oftentimes we take a brand new Christian and we pump them through, uh, pump them full of knowledge. If they don't have virtue, knowledge puffeth up. And that, that knowledge will, be a, will end up being more of a detriment than it will be a help. And so there's, a, there's not only elements that need to be in our lives, but they need to be in our lives in this order. Notice what precedes patience. It says, it says uh, in verse 5, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience. Uh, four things that are absolutely essential for us in our lives in order to have the patience that we ought to have. We need to have faith. That goes without saying. First and foremost, we've got to trust God and believe Him. Secondly, we need to have virtue. What's virtue? Virtue is just simply moral excellence. 
Virtue has to do with leave, living a separated from the world life, living a pure life, li living a godly life. Uh, the third thing is, is knowledge, is knowledge. Uh, we need to know how God works. We need to know how the devil works so that we can foresee things that are coming down our path. And then, then the last thing it says is temperance. Temperance. What temperance is, is just, just simply moderation. Uh, it's control. It's, it's, it's not being tossed about by every, every wind of circumstance that, that hits our way. Those things are absolutely essential to be in our lives so that our patience can be developed. Because when we run the race... We're supposed to run that race with patience. The second thing, if you go back with me to Hebrews 12, the second thing it is found in, in verse, uh, found also in verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Second thing we need to do is not only run with patience, but lay aside every weight. Why? Because weights slow us down. Weights hold us back. And weights hinder faith. If, if you have many weights in your life that are slowing you down, that are, that are holding you back, uh, they're going to hinder your development of faith. Uh, a weight is, is anything that, that just that slows you down or holds you back. It's not necessarily sin, because we'll talk about that in just a moment, but, but it, it's a weight. Uh, a weight is not necessarily something that in and of itself is bad. And that's why sometimes it's hard for us to, to identify the weights in our lives, because they may not be in and of themselves a bad thing. But I, I've seen it. I've watched it over the years. Uh, I've, I've, seen, I've seen a person's family become a weight. I've seen a job become a weight. I've seen, I've seen sports become a weight. I, I have seen entertainment become a weight. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of things. that You can, you can have the, the weight of a huge mortgage. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of things that can get into our life that will hinder us running the race and hinder us running the race effectively. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but, but when you, when you uh, look at uh, athletes, you look at swimmers, you look at racers, you look at runners, you even look at a boxer. Did you ever notice something about what they're wearing? It doesn't have any pockets in it. There's no pockets. You know why? They're not supposed to carry anything because if they carry something, it's going to slow them down. It's going to affect uh, the, the, the performance that they have in that, in that area of competition. And, and weights are, are, again, they're different from sin. Uh, they, they could be, they could be all, all kinds of things, but they'll hinder you. And they'll hinder your effectiveness for God. They'll weaken your burden for souls. Uh, they lessen your enthusiasm for the race if you're not careful. Uh, I, I, I've seen this. I, I've watched people that, that uh, uh, get, get so much knowledge about so many different things 
that they, they can't seem to even uh, wiggle or move without checking everything out. That's a hindrance. That's a weight. Uh, you know, I, I'm thankful for the Internet. I'm thankful for the, for the information age that we live in. But we need to be careful. You know, uh, I, was, I was watching the debate this, this last week. And uh, it was the vice presidential debate. It was a good debate. I thought both those sides overall handled themselves well. But I listened to about 30 minutes. My wife did the same thing. After about 30 minutes of it, we said, <laughs> I'm not, not going to be, I, I'm not going to. I was starting to get worked up. I was starting to get, you know, and I thought, you know, I don't need this right now. And so we just we shut the TV off. I already know who I'm going to vote for. So, uh, you know, what, what, what's, the, what's, what's the purpose? What's the point? Uh, we, ne we need to be careful. There are things that are in your life. There are things that are in your life that will slow you down if you're not careful. And again, they're, they're, it's, it's hard to detect them sometimes because they're not sin in and of themselves. But if they slow us down, they become sinful to us because, because they, they, they hinder us from running the race that God wants us to run. They'll, they'll, they'll lessen your love for the Word of God. Uh, again, I, I appreciate uh, the information at our fingertips. You know, when we went up to the Adirondacks, we wanted to find a place to eat. We, you know, we, we hit a button and put, put uh, uh, diners near Inlet, New York, and man, a whole bunch of them came up. I'm thankful for that. That's good. But we can get all tied up in that kind of stuff and waste a lot of time and really be hindered in, in running the race that God has set before us. You can, you know, because of all the, uh, you know, and, and I've always been this way. I, even when I was a kid, I was talking to somebody about this this week. When I was a kid, I was a gadget guy. I mean, you know, when the cassettes first came out, man, I got a cassette. And if there was some newfangled gadget, I got the gadget. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry to tell you, I'm still a gadget guy. I like, I like gadgets. I like those things. But if you're not real careful, the gadgets will start to control your life. And the gadgets will start to, to slow you down. They'll distract you. You know, it, when you're spending time in prayer, turn your phone off. When you're spending time alone with the Lord, ignore all the gadgets and ignore all the, the stuff that's out there. Uh, because those things can hinder us. They can hinder us in our race. Uh, so, so be careful. Be careful about weights and take those. And, and again, what may be a weight to you may not be a weight to me. Uh, you know, to me, sports is not a weight, but to some of you guys, it can slow you down. It can get a hold of you if you're not, if you're not careful. Uh, that's, that's never been my problem because I'm not very athletic, never have been, never will be. But, well, I will be someday. I'll be very athletic. I'll be able to leap tall buildings in a single bound someday. But uh, not, not, not now, not in this life, amen? But, uh, but, the, but the, the truth is, we've all got weights, Identify what they are and then start laying aside those weights that slow you down in the, in the race for God. The third thing is uh, also in verse, verse 1. It says, uh, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. 
Why is it so important to do that? Because sin hinders faith every time. When we allow sin in our lives, our faith is hurt and our faith is hindered. Sin is not a weight. Sin is an obstacle. Sin is, a, is something that will be a, uh, a, a brick wall in our lives. And it, it's, it's kind of like this. I like this illustration. It's like walking around in the yard and uh, you don't see a rake that's in the lawn and you step on that thing, you step on the tongs and the thing comes up and smacks you right in the face. That's sin. That's sin. Sin will hurt you. And, and it affects so much. I don't care what, what sin is in your life. It's going to affect you greatly. It's going to affect your fellowship with God. Uh, the, you know, the, the Bible makes it, makes it clear that our sins and our iniquities separate us from our God. And I'm talking to saved people. Okay, I realize that you're a child of God, you're going to heaven, your sins are forgiven. But if there's sin in your life, it affects your fellowship and affects that, that relationship with God. It'll obviously affect your prayers. It'll, it'll affect the, the, the power that you have in prayer. It'll affect the power you have in your personal life. Uh, all of us need it. You know, uh, you go over to Ephesians chapter 5, and it says, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, etc., etc. But it says, Be filled with the Spirit. He's not talking to preachers there. He's, he's not talking to missionaries there. He's not talking to just Sunday school teachers. He's talking to all of us. We need to have the power of the Spirit of God in our lives every day. This last week, we, we've had opportunities. We've had doors that have opened to be a witness, to be a testimony. Uh, you, don't, you don't just want to be a witness. You don't just want to be a testimony. You want to be a powerful witness. And, and I don't put, when I say that, I don't put the emphasis on you. I put the emphasis on our God who gives you the power to do that. But, but we, we, need, we don't want to just flap our lips. We don't want to just go through the motions in the Christian life. We want the power of God behind it. And you know, honestly, that's what our kids need to see. Our children need to see adults that have the power of God all over them. And, and are, are walking the race, or running the race. Well, when you get a little older, you kind of walk the race. But uh, you, you, you run the race, and you run it without that sin so that the power can flow freely through our lives. And, and that, that goes to effectiveness. Uh, when, when, we, when we allow sin to come into our lives, the effectiveness is gone. It, 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 sin will affect the way that you think. It'll affect your thought process. It'll affect your growth, your personal growth. It'll affect your insight that you have on, in day-to-day -day situations. It'll affect your wisdom. And so we're to lay aside the sin which does so easily beset us. Uh, did you notice it's not mentioned what it is? Now, there's, there's some that, that think that that sin is uh, unbelief. It, it could be. Uh, he just spent a whole chapter, chapter 11, uh, describing faith and then describing how faith was manifested in individuals' lives. It could be, it could be unbelief.
personally, I, you know what I, you know what I think? I think it's whatever it is that bugs you the most. And we've all got them. We've all got a besetting sin that, that uh, this sin can get a hold of us quicker than it, maybe it's your maybe it's your temper. I don't know. Maybe it's immorality. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, uh, maybe it's pride. Maybe it's uh, laziness. Uh, it could be it could be uh, a loose you know loose lips. Loose lips sink ships. They bomb out churches too. Uh, loose lips, uh, backbiting. Uh, might be a rebellious attitude. Could be covetousness. Could be envy. Could be apathy. Uh, it could be it could be a lack of temperance in your life that leads to drunkenness and drug addiction and and so forth. Uh, it could be any of those things. But God says, listen, you need to identify what it is, and you need to you need to set that besetting sin aside. Now you can't do that on your own. Uh, you can't do that in your own power. You can't do that in your own strength. And that's why verse two says the fourth thing that is absolutely necessary for us to have in order to, to run the race that God has set before us. Look with me in verse, let's, let's just go back to verse 1. We'll read through it, and then we'll hit verse 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How do we do that, Lord? Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The last thing we need to do is we need to look to Jesus. He's our example. He ran his race and he accomplished everything that he set out to accomplish. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He, he sought the lost. He died for the lost. He saved the lost. And everything that, that the Lord Jesus sets out to do, he, he accomplishes. The Bible says in that verse that he endured the cross. He didn't have it easy. He, 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 uh, he, he had, he had a, a, a really, in a lot of ways, rough life, and particularly a very, very violent and very rough death. But understand, he went through all that. He did that for you, and he did that for me. Uh, if he did not have an easy life, I mean, someone came up and wanted to follow him, and he says, the Son of Man hath not a place to rest his head. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't know where he was going to sleep that night. He didn't know what he was going to eat that day. Uh, that's not true of us. That really isn't. I, I don't think there's a person in here who doesn't know where you're going to sleep tonight, who doesn't know that you've got food uh, on the table. That wasn't the Lord Jesus. And if he had, if he had a difficult life, uh, don't complain and gripe and moan uh, when things don't go your way. Because if, if he had a difficult life, uh, why, why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't there be some difficulties in our lives as well? And then it says he not only endured the cross, but he despised the shame. Well, I can understand that. He's a king of kings. Amen? He's the Lord of lords. He's the God of the universe. He's the one that made those that spit on him. 
He's the one that made those that took, took the nails and nailed his hands to the cross. I mean, he was, he was shamed. He was thought of in an ill fashion. Uh, they called him, they called him uh, illegitimately born because, because uh, his mother was, was a virgin when she conceived him. Uh, and on and on it goes. Uh, he dis but he despised that shame. Uh, but he was willing to do whatever was necessary. And, and he didn't just do what was easy. He didn't just do what he liked. The truth of the matter is, there's a whole bunch of things in the Christian life that are going to come across your path that you're not going to like. In fact, you're going to come to the point where you might even despise some of those things. Are you willing to do them anyway? Because you know what's right. You know what's good. You know your Lord did that very thing. And he set the example for us. We need to look to him and look to him for encouragement. Uh, how, how do we stop from getting weary? How do we stop from, from quitting and, and fainting and just throwing up our hands? Uh, we need to consider Jesus. Look down in verses 3 and 4. It says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. We need to, to uh, one, we, we need to, to uh, uh, realize that uh, uh, we never had opposition like what Jesus Christ had in his life. Uh, you know, we say, well, I got burned. You, we say, well, uh, so-and-so let me down. Uh, we say, well, I, 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 got, I got hurt. I got wounded. Uh, you don't know what I've been through. Listen, none of it compares to what Jesus Christ went through for you and for me. And he's there to encourage us, and he's there to help us through it. Hebrews chapter 4. In fact, take your Bibles and just turn over there if you would. You're in Hebrews. Keep your finger there. Go to Hebrews 4. Look, look in Hebrews 4.14. 4, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Right to the end of the race. Verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Uh, there are times when, when you're going to run out of fuel. There's going to be times when you're going you're to run out of encouragement. We need to flee to the throne of grace. So oftentimes what we do is we, we, uh, we complain to others. We, uh, we, we start, start having a pity party. And the reality is we need to look to Jesus because he has been through it. I am so glad I have a God that was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He, he went through it himself, and therefore when we come to him, he knows firsthand exactly what we're going through, and he knows firsthand exactly what we need. Uh, when, when we start getting down and we start getting discouraged, the problem is we're considering ourselves. We're not considering Christ. We all do it. We all go through it. But when you catch yourself doing that thing, you've got to put a stop to it 
or it'll end up burying you. You've got to stop it and you've got to look to Jesus because he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. And, and verse 4 says, you haven't resisted unto blood yet. Now, there's, there are some that have. Uh, and, you know, the Apostle Paul ended up losing his life uh, because of his stand for God. But, uh, but the truth of the matter is, most of us have not resisted unto blood. And uh, we, we need to, to continue on for Jesus Christ because he's worth serving. He's worth running the race for. He's worth going through the obstacles for. He's worth crawling all over the walls for. Whatever it might be that God would, would allow to be in your life, he'll give you the strength, he'll give you the grace, he'll give you the mercy to be able to get through it. And we ought to run our race and finish the course that God has set for, for all of us. Now, I want us to look real briefly down in verses 5, 6, and 11, because he's talking about the race. He's talking about looking unto Jesus. He's talking about you've not resisted unto blood. And then the thing seems to kind of change course a little bit. Verse 5 says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Drop down to verse 11. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby." He goes, he goes from racing and immediately just kind of changes the thing, flips it over, and talks about chastening. What's he doing? Well, he's, he's letting folks know that if you get chastening, one of the reasons why you've got it is because you veered from the course. When we, when we start having difficulties, when we start having problems, I realize there's two kinds. There's, there's those that are deserved. It's a chastening situation. There's those that are undeserved. It's a, it's a growing uh, situation. But uh, uh, when it, whenever they come into our life, we ought to ask ourselves, Lord, have I, have I veered off the course? Have I started to go in a direction that you did not want me to go? Have I, have I lost my patience? Have, 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 I, have I stopped looking unto Jesus? Are there weights? in my life? Uh, is there a sin that is stopping me from, from continuing the race and from pleasing you? Uh, I think all of us, I know all of us, have been affected by COVID these last few months. Can I tell you something? There is no, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's COVID or anything else. Nothing should hinder are running the race. And you know what we do? Because I found myself doing this. We start making excuses and using the circumstances for why we've slowed down. You know, let me ask you something. When was the last time you passed a track out to somebody or you left it on a table? When was the last time you spoke out for Jesus Christ? Can I tell you what I think is happening? And I don't think it's just here. I think it's all over the. I think it's all over the country. I think Christians are backing off because they've been thrown a hurdle. COVID's a hurdle. What are you supposed to do with a hurdle in a race? 
We're supposed to jump over it. <laughs> we're not supposed to stop and look at it and stare at it. We're supposed to jump over it. Now, and, I, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to beat on you this morning. I'm really not. I think we've all been affected by this thing. But to say that it hasn't affected us, I think we're duped if we, if we don't believe that it's affected us, has slowed us down somewhat. And, and uh, uh, we need to, to, to look at COVID and say, you know, maybe one of the reasons why God has allowed this in our country, and I really believe this is the case, He's allowed, allowed this in our country because our country's gone off course. We're not going down the, the right course. Well, if that's the case, then when chastening comes into your life, the reason why it's there is because you're off course. You've, 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 you've veered from that which God would have you to do. Chastening is mentioned two other times in the, in the New Testament. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to... 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. This is dealing with the Lord's Supper. They were, they were misusing it. They were abusing it. They weren't, they weren't judging their own sin. And verses 30 through 32, it says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. That means they were dead. God allowed them to get weak. God allowed them to get sickly. God allowed them to die, some of them. In verse 32, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. It, it, it says uh, we, ought to, we ought to judge ourselves. If we judge ourselves, the Bible says, we shall not be judged. Um, when there's sin, when there's direct disobedience, chastening will come into our lives. Uh, go with me over to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation 3. And he's just finishing up talking to the last church, the Laodicean church. And we are living, I believe, in a Laodicean church age. And in, in uh, chapter 3, look down at verse 19. Verse 19 says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now, he's speaking to a lukewarm church. He's speaking to, to uh, a church that's lost their purpose. They've gotten off track. Uh, they've, they've gotten fat and happy. They, they don't really perceive having any definite needs. And they've gotten off course. Uh, they, they have allowed things to come into their lives. And God says, listen, because of that, I'm going to rebuke you. I'm going to chasten you. But understand, I'm not doing it because I hate you. I'm not doing it because I'm just mad at you. I'm doing it because I love you. So when you and I see chastening in our lives and we see difficulty, first of all, we need to ask ourselves, is this chastening? One of the ways you can tell whether or not it is is say, Lord, am I on track? Am I, am I going down the road you want me to go on? Am I doing it patiently? Am I, is there, is there weights that are slowing me down? Is there sin that's preventing me from being effective? Oh, Lord, is, have I taken my eyes 
off of Jesus Christ. It's easy to do that. And when we start complaining, when we start griping, and we, we start running our mouth, uh, it's because we've, we've taken our eyes off of Jesus Christ. Four things that the Bible says that, uh, that we need to have in order to run the race. We've got to have patience. We've got to lay aside those weights. We've got to lay aside the sin that does so easily beset us. And we need to look to Jesus because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that, that uh, can give us the strength to finish the race so that we can say like the Apostle Paul, I've fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Don't you want to say that? I have finished my course. Now, he didn't live his whole life for God. For much of his life, he didn't live for God at all. But after he got saved, God put him on track and put him on a course. And he didn't veer from that course. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Therefore, it's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And he was looking forward to that crown. Uh, are you in the race? If you're, you're here today or watching online, you're not saved. You're not even in the race. In order to get into the race, you've got to trust Christ as Savior. You've got to realize you're a sinner. You've got to realize you're on your way to hell. You've got to repent of your sin and trust Jesus Christ and Him alone as Savior. Cry out to mercy and just ask Him right where you are to, 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 to save you and to give you eternal life. The moment you do that, He will save you from all your sins, your past sins, your present sins, even the sins that you haven't committed yet. And he'll put them all underneath the blood of Christ. And from, from that day forward, you will have eternal life. If you are saved, how you doing? How, how is your race going? How are you running the race that God has set before you? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we come before you humble, humbly because we know that the Lord Jesus Christ set the path for us, ran his race, did so without veering from the course one time, and uh, set an example for us. And we may stumble, we may fall, we may even get off track, we may veer off from time to time. Uh, I don't say that lightly because it's a real serious thing and there's consequences that go with that veering and go with that that leaving the course. But, Father, I'm thankful that you give us the strength and you give us the forgiveness that we need when we do those things. And you give us the mercy. And then, Lord, you give us grace to be able to get back on the track and go. Lord, uh, I pray that you speak to our hearts this morning and help us to see if, the, if there's anything at all that's hindering us from pleasing you there's anything that's hindering us in running the race all kinds of things can be thrown our way and uh, it is so so easy to veer off the course we need to take the running of the race seriously there may be someone here that's not even in the race because they haven't trusted Jesus Christ as Savior I pray that you'd you'd convict them of their sin right now where they're at and help them to see that they need to repent and trust Jesus Christ and you alone 
as their Savior. I pray for anyone that might be here this morning that, I don't know, maybe it's a lack of patience. Maybe it's, maybe it's a besetting sin. Maybe it's a weight. Maybe it's just taking our eyes. It's so easy to do that. Just to take our eyes off of Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, that's what Peter did, and he ended up sinking, sinking below the waves uh, because he just took his eyes off the Savior. Father, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts during this invitation. And God, as you do, and as you point things out that are necessary and needful for us to take care of, we pray that we do so honestly before you. Lord, bless this invitation. Have your will, have your way. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.